Welcome to the Story Life Podcast. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. My name is Clinton Cornwell, and I'm here with my co-host... Alan C. Gardner. Folks, this is episode 15, which was recorded on November 25th, 2020, which was also my parents' 50th anniversary. So that's pretty cool. Speaking of cool, Lyle was essentially a guest host on this one back when he was on the cusp of turning two. So feel free to tune me and Clinton out completely and listen to my firstborn as he rocks the mic. Good stuff. Yeah, we're, we we were infusing the <laughs> podcast with the youth movement. Uh, we feel like it's really essential. Me, me and Alan were getting too old and crusty and and. So we brought in the two-year-old to balance things out a bit. (laughs) But before we get to the episode, I just wanted to remind you guys that we are trying to run a business here. Me and Alan are creative consultants, creative coaches. If you are struggling to get yourself going as an artist, if you're having a hard time finding your voice, if you need tips on a project, if you need coaching as an actor, as a writer, if you need somebody to look at a script you're working on or a project you're editing, we are here for you. We do free 30-minute consultations. We'd be happy to do one for you, see if it's the right fit. Yes, I'm agreed on all counts. Also, I'm really impressed by the fact that you're pitching our services while also describing us as old and crusty (laughs) and (laughs) saying we are trying to run a business. Anyway, turn to us. We can help. We promise. Good stuff. I like it. Well-balanced. A well-balanced pitch. Hype and humility in equal measure. All right, folks. Yes, we would love to chat with you. Speaking of chatting, let's dive into the episode. Yeah, this will be a special guest star Lyle episode. (laughs) He's working on a sippy right now. Special guest Lyle. Yeah, so we'll just just see what we can manage here. This will be part of the throwing the curveball in there. You know what I mean? part of the fun yeah we're spice spicing it up i guess yeah we are oh he's reaching for the mic <laughs> he's already grabbing for the microphone uh yeah you're on this one too buddy your first podcast congratulations uh how's it going <laughs> it's been a while uh yeah it's been a while i'm doing good man i'm just holed up in hawaii uh editing my films so you cool. know i'm i'm lucky i feel very very that's very awesome. fortunate to be able to have retreated to home being hawaii so yeah that's awesome good. uh when do you come back from hawaii or is it open-ended right now yeah it's open-ended it's kind well, of you know i'm looking i don't i don't you know i didn't have a day job or anything right. like that and there's not really anything committing or there's no reason for me to be in la, LA basically right now that's cool <laughs> no, yeah man that's great so just looking for a positive reason to come back when i have a good positive reason i'll come back basically cool Hey, man, that sounds like a good strategy yeah. to me. How are you? I'm doing really well. Like, everything's going really well. I mean, you got, you know, I got Lyle here holding it down on his first episode, uh, respectfully listening <laughs> to his daddy's ramblings. I mean, you know, we're doing really well. So there's definitely some anxiety and concerns as far as finances and just like job situations and whatnot right now. But I mean, as we've talked about before, like, I know we're going to figure that stuff out with the ever shifting landscape, like finding our footing. So there's that. But I mean, otherwise, things are great. I'm really excited about... Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, family's doing well. Oh, today's actually my parents' uh, 50th anniversary. I saw that. So that's cool. And it was really wonderful seeing them. They were in town for nine days. So that was awesome. You know, they got to meet River and uh, see Lyle again, of course. You know, it had been a year because of the pandemic. It had been a year since they'd gotten to see Lyle. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so that was wonderful. Did they drive in or did they fly in? They flew. It was one of those that were like, you know, they got their tickets like months ago back when we thought like, oh, by November, things will be relatively fine. And then things took a turn. But I think they, you know, whatever. I mean, all things considered, I think they wound up coming like before things got even worse. Um, You know, I think they got in, got out in the nick of time. And I know they've been super safe. We've been super safe. You know, we've 
we've been in our bubble, they've been in theirs, and then they, you know, they had the whole uh, just shy of a hazmat suit going at the airports. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're back home. They're doing well. Um, we're uh, <laughs> buddy. That was his first first microphone grab. But yeah, so yeah, no, they flew. They they used to drive out here, but then it just got too much for. I mean, like you know, my dad's eighty, my mom's seventy three. Wow. And they drove out here a bunch, but it's an eighteen hundred mile drive. Last time they drove, like, when my mom <laughs> so not got, nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's the exact phrase I had in mind. <laughs> not nothing. Last time they got here from that drive, it turned out my mom had a tumor that was becoming oh. problematic. So she was had to go into surgery. It was in the hospital out here for a while. So after that, even though the drive had nothing to do with that, and she's doing great now, and you know she was in excellent care at uh, the UCLA hospital. They were awesome. But yeah, she's just kind of like, okay, like I, she just didn't want to do that drive anymore. So she actually, we flew, we flew her back after she recovered. Uh, She stayed with me for a while. This was 2016. Flew her back. Then my dad and I drove their car back. So we got a little uh, road trip in, which was cool. Are you yawning? But or is this sorry? That anecdote uh, was boring for Lyle a little bit. He <laughs> just gave this biggest yawn. No, just kidding. We oh, you, Lyle just yawned. I thought that was you. You? you no, yawning. no, that was Lyle yawning at my story. No, we don't use the word boring around here, huh, buddy? His life is constantly <laughs> fascinating. Am I right? No comment from Lyle. He's playing it uh, close to the best. No, yeah, uh, but no, doing really They're well. Not good at speaking on cue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, you're doing great though. And then, uh, yeah, I'm happy with what I'm writing right now. I'm doing revisions on Breaker Breaker and then writing what I, it's going to be um, a book. Yeah. Lyle's blowing kisses now. Good job, buddy. But we're not <laughs> signing off yet. But you can blow kisses all you want. Yeah. Bah. Bah. Oh, he's waving. Double hand waves. But yeah, so I'm kind of like writing, aside from revising Breaker Breaker, writing two things. Both very personal and one's kind of like more like a R-rated, uh, very Small, you know, small scale but high concept like um, thriller, um, like a contained thriller. Probably gonna take place in one location, mm-hmm. um, like one house. And then I'm writing a book that's kind of more of a um, young adult oriented. Well, it's about uh, you know high school kids. Yeah, buddy. I'm so used to him. <laughs> Uh, fussing like this that it took me even a second to realize that that's what was going on right now. Yeah. Can I help you? Sorry, hold on one second. Can it's become white right nose to you. Yes, yeah, No, no, no. What, buddy? What can I help you with? Do you want to hop down? You can play with your toys if you want. All right. You don't like... You don't like... You don't like my current uh, script and, and book? I mean, fair enough, I suppose. I haven't shared that much with you yet, but okay. Everyone's a critic, I guess. He's shaking his head no. Anyway, so I'm really excited about both of those. Cool. Yeah. How's the editing going? Good. Uh, you know, just about ready, I think. Getting inching closer to to <laughs> test screening and just starting that whole long process. I'm dragging my feet a little bit because I hate to do the sound and all of that stuff. But right. got to polish all of that up before I start <laughs> test screening it. And um, <laughs> it's nice to just be able to focus on that you know that's why i feel very lucky because every morning i wake up and it's like what do i want to you know i've I've several projects i'm working on still doing some things for 12 months and and working on this new movie and then there's some short films that i'm also working on trying to finish so it's just kind of like what do i want to work on today Um, that's cool so that's been fun it's been fun to be in that rhythm and i just basically you know i work like 40 plus hours a week on all of it and 
That's great. We'll see, but the, the new movies, I think it'll be a thing. It's, it's going to be a good movie, I think. So cool. We'll, we'll see when we get to the end, but yeah. So that feels, feels nice. Hold on one second. Lyle's pulling me over somewhere real fast. I've got you in my earbud, so I want you sure. to keep talking about something for a minute for a minute while I'm away from the microphone. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a snack. One second. Okay. I think I just bought myself a little time. Cool. <laughs> That's exciting. As well as yeah, ev- yeah. evidenced by that, uh, my my situation is very different, <laughs> but very lovely. Not 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 quite uh, quite as much uh, time to focus. No. Well, first of all, and obviously you know that like you know there's nothing I'd rather do than than spend time with my wife and kids. So that works out well. Because I do remember like when you know when I was single and when and working on various projects and basically I. I, yeah, like, I, like you said, like I'd wake up in the morning and my schedule would be like whatever I needed it to be. And so I could like toggle back and forth between projects as I wanted to, which, you know, for a creative person was great. Uh, but also like I realized with my situation now, it's much more like finding those like, hi, buddy, those pockets of time, like, you know, carving out that time and just maximizing the hell out of it. Um, and so it makes yeah. that time, it's, it's kind of a different, it makes that time even more precious. You know what I mean? Because it's so limited. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's basically this. Like, whatever our circumstances may be, like, you know, we're trying to make the most of things and the wonderful things we have going on in our lives. And for me, it's like, yeah, that time is even more precious. And, like, what, everything I'm working on for me, like, means even more now because, well, one, I'm, like, you know, I'm doing it for my family. And, part, like, you know, for in a variety yeah. of ways. Like, I'm expressing what I need to express as a person in ways that it will ultimately benefit my family too like because when i i've I've realized too like as a storyteller when you're telling stories and when you're doing that like it just lights you up you know what i mean like it's part of who you are so you have to do it as you're able to you know what i mean obviously family takes precedence but i want my kids to like see how passionate i am and how you know about doing what i do and also you know through the stories like you know I'm, i'm always drawing from my own my own life in one way or another and trying to like honor my relationships. But yeah, I want my kids to see like their dad, like, you know, doing something that he loves to do and then finding those things for themselves that they love to do and, you know, realizing that they, that they can do those things. And then also, of course, like, you know, you think of like, Oh, getting the work out there more and more. And like, you know, like, I, I mean, in a couple of years and a few years, like I would love to be able to like, I want us to get a house, you know? Yeah. We need more space and I'd love to have a house and like a yard for my kids to run around in. And if I can do that by like, and I'm determined to, so I will do that. And if I can do that through doing what I love to do, I mean, that's the ultimate, I mean, you know, that would make it mean so much more. So I'm really determined to get my work out there more. And I, I think that like, when it comes to the right, like for me, it's, you know, with everything I'm working on now, like I'm going to keep going by my principle of basically writing the things that light me up. And then I'm really compelled the stories. Yeah, I know buddy that I'm really compelled to tell. And I think that by going, continuing down that path, I hate to use the phrase breaking through more and more, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'll keep finding, I'll keep my work will continue to like find a wider audience by virtue of yeah. me just sticking yeah. to my guns and doing what I've been doing. And then with the book, yeah. it's kind of like, I've always wanted to write one. And I think it'd be really like, I love being able to write this book too. with like, because there's no budgetary constraints. You can explore whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, there's no like next phase outside of like, you know, whatever, however I go about publishing it. But yeah, I can tell the story exactly how I want to. 
I love the process of doing all these things, but it'd be cool, refreshing to be able to, to tell a story this way. And also, people don't have to wait to experience it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't have to wait for the movie to mm-hmm. get made, to get shot, you know, to go through pre-production, and then they get shot and wrapped up in post, and then like festivals and this, that, and the other, and blah blah blah. Once I'm finished with it, I can just you know put it out there. So anyway, so I'm excited about that. And then, so I kind of got that going, like the book, and then the play, which is Breaker Breaker, which will then be a movie. And then uh, the next movie, which was like the thriller I was talking about a little while ago. So that I gave no details about except yeah. for a contained location. So yeah, man. Excited <laughs> about all those things. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Miles, give me a big hug now. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can hear him going ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah. Does he yeah. need a bottle? Well, no, he. That's just one of his. What? What's over there? Do you want some rice cakes? Uh, you don't. What do you want? What do you want? That's trash. I don't know what you want, Bubba. Do you want a cereal bar? Do you want applesauce? Do you want a granola bar? Okay. This is today's installment of what does Lau want to eat next? He just had a delicious and nutritious uh, fruit and veggie pouch. Mm. So, you know, just saying. That kid's living the high life. He, he is. He is living the high life. So I know we had a lot we were going to We need to discuss whether it's online or offline, as it were. I mean, I'd like to ask you about the sales agent stuff a little bit. If you oh, yeah. Mind. Yeah, let's do it. I know that's fresh on your. Yeah. So this current one that you have for Cold Feet, how did you get them? It looks like you submitted something on a website or something like that. Oh, well, he actually, he found us on Vimeo. I think it's, oh yeah, I think it's actually when I put Act 1, when we put Act 1 up on Vimeo. So we signed with him for that movie too. And then he saw Cold Feet. And like, you know, with Act 1, it's obviously a much older film. So he was like, you know, there's limited prospects here, but I think I might be able to get it with this company. And then, you know, with Cold Feet, he's been able to, to cast the net wider. But that's how I met him. He just kind of, he just found us. I guess he just keeps tabs on, you know, a variety of things, including like movies that are going up on, on Vimeo On Demand. Just from me reaching out to distributors for a little bit, we had a couple offers on the table, one of which wound up being not great and one of which wound up being pretty good. But I felt like with this sales agent, I don't know. I just, I felt like a move that we should say, like I wanted to get, I, I know there there's certain distributors that wouldn't watch the movie unless it came through a sales rep, right? So yeah, I wanted to be yeah. able to, as I said, like cast, cast the net wider. Those deals that you thought were not good, how are they not good? In this particular instance, the one that was not, basically like, I just found that the company was a little potentially shady. Because oh, okay. I, I talked, while I talked I talk to a lot of filmmakers, whenever like it's a distributor or a sales rep, like I reach out to a bunch of filmmakers who've worked with them. And basically... It was a bunch of red flags, a bunch of warning signs. Okay. Didn't go with them. And the other offer seemed good. Uh, it seemed pretty good. It just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like, I mean, I, I wanted to give the movie the opportunity to get out there more and see if we could do better, basically. It wasn't that it was bad. It was just that, yeah, I wanted to see like what I liked Phil. I like Phil a lot, so I wanted to see what he could. And Phil became highly, rec- I reached out to multiple filmmakers about him, and he got ringing endorsements. So, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, this guy seems like, you know, we're taking a chance on. Well, something that's interesting to me is in your contract, there's no marketing cap. Do you guys have a separate agreement for that? No. Sales agents, we've talked to before that basically our policy has just been, and I'm sure some of them are great. It's just one, we can't be able to, like, I know, buddy, to afford any of these people. But we're not going to pay. Basically, we haven't, like, we decided not to pay any money up front to any. That's kind of like an automatic no for us. 
Yeah. So if that's part of the deal, like, however, like, you know, much these people seem to know what they're talking about or have their act together. Like, I'm like, if they want like five grand or something, I'm like, we can't do it. Um, and maybe it'd yeah. be a good thing if we could, but I, I don't know. Like, I would rather, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, when you get an acting agent or I'm guessing an agent in any other field in entertainment, I'm sure they get a percentage based on the money you make. So that's obviously, you know, what I'm more comfortable with. It's like the people who are going to take a oh, chance. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's definitely more the standard for sure. But yeah. uh, you know, a lot of them, they have like fees and stuff, things they have to pay out to basically get your film out there. That's, sure. But then that's, that usually goes under the marketing cap of like, this is the most that we can spend to get your oh, film sure, out sure, there. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed in your contract, he doesn't have that listed anywhere. Yeah, there is no marketing cap with him. He's basically just looking to recoup based off of his percentage of what you make from the movie. Do you guys have a side agreement or anything in terms of when he needs to spend money to get your movie out there? Or he's just he's no, just eating all just of that? His percentage that, is his percentage and that's it. Yeah, there's no side agreement. Hmm. Interesting. So, Interesting. you know, again, the like one the- that I'm looking at. So I'm, 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 you know, I, the contract that I got sent over, I'm probably not going to take it just because it's a, it's the first offer. And similarly, you know, I want to see, it doesn't make sense to me to jump at the first offer that comes along. Regardless, the terms are much worse. They're asking for a 25% cut and yours is only 15%. They have a $20,000 marketing cap. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which seems from research that I'm doing seems to be pretty standard. The marketing cap. Right. And then they have a, they want a four year term and there's no opt out language in the contract either. And yours is only a one year term. Yeah. And you can also opt out with 30 days notice. I don't so. think I would take that. Well, first of all, think about it like this too. It's like, man, these marketing caps, like, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, like, so w- with all the sales agents we've had, we've had three so far and none of them have mm-hmm. had a marketing cap. Cause also then like with all these distributors, you're dealing with marketing caps as well. So then it's like, <laughs> yeah. if you have a sales agent who has a marketing cap and then they, you know, they find you a distributor who has a marketing cap. I don't know, man. It's like, where, where does it end? You'll probably never see any return. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's, that's a, definitely the fear. Then you have to go through making that, like, say they're claiming they spent all $20,000. Like you sure, want to know sure. where did you spend it? How did you spend it? Is this a reasonable way to have spent it? You know, all these kinds of things. And uh, you know, the argument there could be like, you know, if someone was wanting to give the counterpoint, it's that people with marketing cap or people who are spending more on marketing. And I guess in theory, at least those who have marketing caps are, you know, whatever, allegedly spending more on marketing, you know, that they're doing more marketing. Like for instance, we have uh, bad, bad man is signed with a distributor that has no marketing cap, but, the deal there is, you know, and, and it's a pretty good percentage and everything, but the deal is there is they don't really do any marketing and, but they help you yep. do a lot of like self-marketing they have their filmmakers, like, you know, a community of filmmakers that are able to like swap tips with each other and stuff like that. And so they help give, like, give you a playbook to follow for marketing, but you know, they don't actually do any marketing and that's why they can afford to not have a marketing cap because they're not having to spend really anything on marketing. Which fair yeah. enough, and their yeah. their strategy works for a lot of people. But like you know, right now we're considering an offer where there is a marketing cap, but it's not that bad. Like in the past, for instance, we had like we got lucky. We wound up turning down this offer because it wound up being like we were considering it for a while. We liked a lot of things about the company, but it wound up being like a thirty thousand dollar marketing cap, and that's just ridiculous. And also they had a corridor, which I can't even tell you exactly what that means outside of. When our sales agent did the numbers there, like basically with their court, with their marketing cap and then this corridor included from first dollar in, like they would have had to recoup. The movie would have had to generate like thirty seven thousand something dollars before we started seeing any of our cut. So, yeah, we were like, no, we can't do that. 
and then the company that we're thinking about right now, you know, they're it's like a $5,000 marketing cap and then $5,000 like potential like cap in deliverables but this like deliverable costs or whatever it is. Basically that's like a max like $10,000. And like apparently like their yeah. their marketing cap used to be a lot worse and then they just made it more filmmaker friendly. So now we're considering them. What was your experience with your other sales agents? Um, good. So of the three we've had, basically the first one, it was much more of a casual thing. Like he was a fan of being awesome and he had some connections and he really wanted to try to get it out there. Like he saw a lot of potential for it. And so he repped it for like a year, like all the companies he was going to with it. Like he was getting a lot of like, we really like it or we love it or whatever, but there are no names in this movie. There are no name actors with marketing. We don't know, you know, it's a comedy drama. Like we don't really have anything to hang our hat on. So they all passed, all like the bigger ones that he went to. And then that's kind of like what he did. He just went to the bigger ones, basically. And so then we signed Mm -hmm. with um, another sales agent who we also signed We Got Lucky with. And that experience has been really good. Like we love, you know, he's a great guy. We love working with him. You know, and he's run into like a lot of the same issue. I mean, he was able to get Being Awesome signed. We Got Lucky, we wound up just deciding to do... Uh, to self-distribute with him because again, like we were considering that offer, and then we decided to, uh, we're like at the last minute ish, we're like, no, we're just gonna do it ourselves. We don't want to, you know, have this ridiculous marketing cap hanging over our heads. So so far, like all my experience, and then uh, our current guy is great with cold feet. So all of our experiences have been really positive. But yeah, I mean, again, like you know, I would say if you're gonna take a chance on someone, like have it be someone who's gonna take a chance on you too. Like as far as like you know, their livelihood is dependent in part like on their filmmakers' movies making money. And yeah, so they'll, they'll spend whatever they're going to spend in marketing, you know, with the hopes. And that'll, I think, I don't know, just in theory, at least, I think that'll make them work even harder. You know what I mean? Because, again, like, you're probably going to wind up with some kind of marketing cap, at least, even if it's like a little one with a distributor. So why, you know, why stack the deck even before you get signed to a distributor? No, yeah, I'm definitely very leery. And I mean, it's the process, it's, this is early on in the process. I mean, we haven't even really been putting the film out there yet. So this is just somebody who hunted us down i was just i was thinking about it and considering it how did they find you the guy who reached out to us uh, who's in their acquisitions he saw a screener through tribeca film festival as part of the their screening process and he liked the film he didn't get into the festival but he liked the film and so he tracked us down i've been thinking more about with upcoming stuff i mean it just depends on the project but like sometimes i get tired of the stream of festival rejection letters it's also just because like (laughs) i mean simply put like and you know there's no bitterness there it's more just like okay especially now when you know we're more interested like you know we want to just get the movies out to people who you know want to see with them who might connect with them yeah and don't we mean like we were obviously very grateful for all the festivals like you know we've played at wonderful festivals but i think it's like also like you know when you are doing the festival thing it's not just like that you're dealing with like rejection, 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 acceptance, rejection, 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 acceptance. And so it's thrilling when you do get those acceptances. But it's not just that. It's that also you're setting aside at least a year to let the festival thing run its yeah, course. And you got to wait. What, unless you get some kind of offer like along the way. Now it's onto the distribution part. I've kind of learned too, like with a lot of festivals, each festival has like a different agenda or a different kind of whatever um, slate that they're trying to, to curate, like a different whatever, you know, message or vibe or whatever that they're trying to cultivate. Our stuff is very indie, but it's not really like, it's also kind of has a, I don't know, like a mainstream sensibility of sorts, but it's really not that mainstream. I, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. I don't know. Our stuff seems to be kind of in between I don't know, and that's just what I kind of respond to. Like, I like, I mean, I like all kinds of films, but I like things that, 
I don't know, like have an emotional. Re- I, I like, I love a like a like a three act structure. I like you know a, a strong narrative, but at the same time, like I like those things to be very subdued. And I mean, it depends on the story, but like to be more subdued and like kind of like imperceptible in a way, like I, to make them more subtle. And I like stuff that's very character driven and not super mm-hmm. like in any one particular genre or another. But also that being said, like I love all kinds of, st- I mean, I love all kinds of stories. I mean, Boyhood's a great example that comes to mind. And then also your film is a cool example, like a very different kind of like, a, you know, more than like 12 month kind of structure. So ultimately it's like, I love things. I love very character driven stuff. Like, as you know, you know, I think there's this perception that film festivals are this place for like art and artistry and like for a variety of films and things like that. And to a certain extent that is true, but in terms of the films that the film festival community really celebrates and really pushes up, I think that sort of market, if, if you're going to give it that term is very similar to the broader world market in that, you know, they're looking for things that have celebrities in them or they're looking for things that are very genre driven and genre pleasing kind of things. And so movies like yours, which don't tidily check a box and aren't, you know, necessarily hitting a lot of the genre beats like those films are going to have a a lower success rate in terms of getting accepted in a festival. And then even when you are there, I feel like there's people aren't going to be necessarily maybe excited about your film as they are about that random high concept gory horror film or something like that there's just a different vibe and certainly in that that comes in awards and audience awards and things like that too as well i just kind of learned that again it's pretty simple as far as i tell stories that i feel truly compelled to tell that i'm like i really need to tell this story it means something to me like i've got to get it out there because for me, that's the only way it gets done because it's so hard to do it and it takes so much time and so much of you that, like, you know, it has to mean a lot to you. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that. And then I've learned that, like, by doing that, like, there will be people out there who connect with it. We've met a lot of great people at festivals who really respond to what we do, like the festivals who have accepted our films. And then also, you know, there are plenty who, who haven't. And there have been some that, like, you know, didn't accept the movie, but then, like, they recommended the movie to. To sale, like this has happened recently. They recommended the movie like to sales reps and to distributors and other people. But it's kind of, you know, because they're like, oh, the movie just didn't really fit with our slate. Or again, like what they're trying to cultivate this year. But like, they're like, oh, it's a really cool movie. You should check it out. So you just never can tell. Yeah. And then also, like, then you get the movie out to, you know, more quote unquote like, general audiences, like basically outside the festival. And you're going to get basically, you know, your movie goes up on Amazon, wherever. You're going to get dinged by some people, like, you know, who just, like, love to hop on and, and trash your movie. And then there's going to be some people who see it. And it means a lot to them. And next thing you know, you're like, you're, you know, they're really, they've connected with it. And then they reach out to you. And, like, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm much more just, it, like, I love, like, and this might be, like, a, whatever, a very obvious statement. But, like, I want to, you know, keep telling the stories that mean a lot to me and keep just getting them out there as much as possible because I know that no matter how many people might say no to it or might not respond to it or whatever, there'll be plenty of people who the stories will really resonate with them. And so I'm just trying to figure out, like, I don't know, the best, smartest, most efficient way to do that, you know? And that's an ongoing conversation, obviously. That's a ever-evolving process of discovery. So, Yeah. Uh, so with festivals, it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of other filmmakers talking about this too, where it's, it's not, not, again, not knocking festivals. We're very, I mean, I'm very grateful for all the festivals that have like put a spotlight on our work and help, you know, lift us up. It's meant a lot, but then, you know, 
I don't know. You just kind of figure out like, okay, how much more of our budget, like our very minimal budgets and resources are we going to put towards submission fees and how much more would make more sense. Like if we, instead of this submission fee money, like we just, we've got the movie out there and then spent that money on marketing the movie and creating more awareness, like, you know, getting the movie to to audiences and then the revenue from them can help fund the next movies. Because again, as we all know, you don't really make, you don't make any money from festivals, and that's okay. You know, festivals are meant for like, you know creating exposure for your film and let you know giving your film a chance to connect with audiences and like strengthening a sense of community. I mean, that's how we met. So, so I'm not knocking it at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I think it's also after you've made a few films. You know what I mean? Like we've done a few films now, and so it's kind of like okay, what? How do we want to like adjust our approach like to getting the work out there? Yeah, always, always learning and, and, and growing from it. And unfortunately, you know, the downside is what you're talking about, which is if you're not getting into those top, top tier festivals, the value of a film festival is the community experience you're going to have from it, is the going to the festival, is having the screening, meeting people, having drinks with other filmmakers and things like that. Just in strictly the business side, like until you are to some extent a known entity that companies know that like oh this person and their work can make us some money like until you're at that position it's kind of like hard to get into that position you basically it requires someone or several someone's taking a chance on you just based on them just responding to your work and connecting with what you're saying as yeah. a storyteller again I mean, that's a very obvious thing but it's true it's like you know because you're gonna get a lot of people who yeah might be in a position of power or whatnot so to speak and who might really love what you're doing, but they know they can't, whatever, uh, run your work any higher up the flagpole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe they try to, but then they're, you know, they're higher ups might be like, oh, we don't know what to do with this. Cause yeah, you keep running, like at least I have, you know, you run into a lot of the, this doesn't have any name actors or this doesn't have like a very like hyper defined genre in which we can just like, you know, put it in that box. And easily market it to people that way. And that's whatever, not to sound all self-congratulatory, but something I'm proud of is just that as much as I've run into that a lot over the years, like it hasn't changed my approach to storytelling, you know? So yeah, I mean, I just keep going by the guiding principle of like, all right, I'm going to tell the stories that, that mean a lot to me and not try to figure out like what is going to... And this I sound so pretentious right now, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to try to second guess like what people are going to want to see or what company is going to respond to. You know what I mean? Yes. Because then I think when you try to do that, I don't know, you just wind up with, I, I don't know, something that it's middle of the might be middle of the road and just might not mean a lot. It might mean a little bit, you know, to a lot of people, but I not mean a lot to like many people, you know, if you're just trying to like placate yeah. a committee. But I mean, again, that's a, you know, an age old ax to grind uh, at this point. Basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is, just, yeah, man, just keep. I I love your work. Um, always excited to see what you do next, and keep going down that path. And we just kind of keep casting the net as wide as we can, and you know, keep getting our work out there because you never know. Also, like you know, which time, which which <laughs> which time you sit, you know, which email containing a Vimeo link is going to help lead to expanding your audience and to you know some funding for your next projects. I mean, at the end of the day, we you know we we do this because we we like doing this. We and, love doing you know, it. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to keep. Yeah, we're gonna keep on keep on grinding. Yeah, uh, as long as you're learning and growing from your experiences, and you know, just sort of refining your methods as time goes on, it's right. just uh, just a certain amount of time. Yeah, because that's the hard part. Uh, but yeah, it is frustrating. There's not uh, there's not a clear path for for all of our success, but uh, that's what we signed up for. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, on that note, Lyle's pants are soaked. Um, so I might just have to cut oh, this Lyle. one a couple minutes short. It's okay, Lyle. 
it's part of your job as an almost it's all right and i think this is a good good place to end it up and and, and lyle's got that sense about lyle him. peeing lyle, his pants is the, always a good place to i think it's, i think it's when we should end he's got every the time, episode sense of timing. When, when lyle's peed his pants that's yeah. when we know it's time to sign off <laughs> well thanks for t- making some time to talk to me and uh yeah. pop this pop this on the drive back it up as soon as you can and um yeah you know, we'll uh figure out some time to talk uh, no this is great man yeah and you know this i mean it goes without saying but like no i I really do enjoy these conversations so i'm happy to be able to make the time like you know uh when i can and when we can so um yeah yeah, dude well happy thanksgiving man um you you too man enjoy your time uh with your family yeah you too have a good time in hawaii and uh yeah we'll talk more soon All right, that about wraps it up for episode 15. Thank you for checking us out and hearing us talk about, you know, sales agents and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think this is a this is a good episode for informing the journey me and Alan both go on in terms of distribution, releasing an independent film. And keep tuning in yeah. to, uh, to future episodes because you definitely hear from here how much my sort of opinion changes, especially uh, as I release 12 months. And I, I honestly, I had a lot of fun listening to, uh, I mean, Lyle, thank you to Lyle. Uh, thank you to Lyle for uh, for really spicing things up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, nice little little time travel journey. Listen to him back when he was he's four now. So back when he was on the cusp of train too. So if we do this uh, podcast long enough, uh, perhaps we can have him on as a guest, and and he can talk about his daddy being a filmmaker and what that means to him. I think he's ready for it now. I mean, he <laughs> might get a little he might he might get a little off topic, um, but I, I think he's ready to come back on. He's very verbose. He's very uh, uh, he's very communicative. He's very creative. He's got a wonderful imagination. So hey, you know, I'll 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 check with him. I'll I'll uh, see when he's available to be our schedules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for checking us out. You can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as coaches and consultants for our fellow artists, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. I'd love to hear from you. As would I. So you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Being Awesome, Save Yourself, and Act One on Tubi. And we got Lucky and Bad Bad Man on Amazon. Uh, Also, recently, Being Awesome is available on um, Vudu and the Roku channel as well. So check it out on either one of those platforms. Thanks to our absolutely supernatural editor, Mr. Mike Jimenez, for his not-at-all ghostly, wonderful work (laughs) on the podcast. And thank you to our friends and family for all their support. Couldn't do it without y'all. Folks, we have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Live. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Oh, that's me now. Oh, my turn. Sorry. Um... (laughs)